Now, I always say that about about this industry is it's not a physical game, it's a mental game, and it's about mental toughness because your 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 mind is going to give up before your body. So for me, it's about training my mind to keep going no matter how much pain I'm in, no matter how exhausted I am, I can always do more. And I just keep telling myself, just keep going. And that's it, that's all, that's all that I say, just keep going. And it doesn't matter how slow you move, right? And we've seen that throughout my career. It doesn't matter how slow you move, as long as you just keep going, you keep getting up, you keep going, you don't stop, you just don't stop. I think that's, that's how you make it. Those are some words from Becky Lynch, a wrestler who's uh, really, she's blowing up this year, man. She's doing good. I remember she had a match in NXT a few years ago where she lost, but at the end of the match, the whole crowd was chanting her, her theme song, her theme music. And it was super cool. I always remembered her, especially after that moment. And it's nice that she's, uh, she's catching on finally. She's uh, becoming popular. It's just cool, man. Wrestling for all of its problems, for all its faults, it's the only show I legitimately like anymore. <laughs> you know, I just keep watching more and more wrestling. I kind of watch it from a, a bird's eye view, like a, a quarterback or a general. I don't pay close attention. Just sort of like, okay, this person beat that person. This person's doing this. This person's doing that. It's cool, it's fun. I don't know, if you didn't uh, grow up with wrestling, you're probably not gonna be able to get into it. But there's a lot to like, man. These very defined characters. It's nice, it's not like other stuff. I guess it's like, you know, you don't have to be smart to like wrestling, but you do have to be dumb not to like it. All right, so I got some weird Christmas thoughts. Let's see if I can ramble these out. So back in my hometown for Christmas, this is something I've mostly avoided in my adult life. There was a long stretch of five or six years where I did not come back here. And it's largely just because, I'll give you the fucking, the Coles notes, the quick version of, I have a brother two years younger than me who basically went fucking crazy when he was a teenager. It's probably schizophrenia, but it's never really been diagnosed. He medicates heavily with drugs. Bad situation. Because on top of all that, he's just he was a huge asshole. Just always yelling at people, always in fights. Got arrested, was in jail for a while. And there's just nothing you can do. The dude is like in his own reality. This part of Canada we're in, you cannot involuntarily commit somebody. So we could never get him to go see anybody or do anything. It's just, just a ridiculously long time of an extremely bad situation. And it's very upsetting, caused me a lot of uh, turmoil in my life that I couldn't sort out this situation, couldn't do anything to help. And then, in fact, I just kind of left. It was like, I just can't anymore. I don't have the, what it takes to deal with this. I'm fucking out of here. 
it's the one-two punch. You don't have the storybook life and the storybook family. And then uh, you yourself are also not the storybook hero. You just, you just, it all, just everything is fucking sucks shit. But I remember my mom saying like, hey, maybe things will calm down as he gets older. Because my mom has like 11 brothers and sisters. And one of them in particular had really bad alcohol and anger problems. And he chilled out quite a bit in his 30s. And it wasn't nearly as bad a situation as my brother. So I didn't really have any hope that that would happen. But kinda sorta it has. Where my brother overdosed last year and was in the hospital. And again, cause he's really in his own world, just completely denied any of that as being real. But maybe somewhere deep down, something in him fucking recognized that shit was getting off the rails. So now he's living in the same house as my parents, and uh, they gave him kind of like a little job to do at their law office. And he's way more together, way more calm. He like cooks little meals and stuff. It's a lot better than every other time I've come back to visit where even though we're grown men, it just ends up turning into a fist fight, even like two years ago. As recently as two years ago that happened. And it's just, man, one of those things, like, just imagine that somebody is verbally abusing your mother. You know, just imagine that. Now, what are you going to do? Are you just going to do nothing? What if this person is a fucking crazy person and there's no way to deal with them and they're not even in the same reality as you? I think that situation would probably lead a lot of people to fucking taking a swing because <laughs> it's just so, it's just, it incensed me. It's like all this lady has done is look after you. You would have been dead a long time ago except for this lady. And you're just treating her like shit. Ugh. And then I started thinking of that saying of, uh, you know, people that are mentally ill are much more likely to be the victims of assault rather than to perpetrate assault. And it's like, well, I guess that's this, right? I guess I punched a mentally ill guy in his stupid fucking head. And it was just such an incredibly frustrating situation that it makes sense in the moment. It makes sense at the time, even when I think back, I'm like, I literally don't know what else I could have done except leave the house and let my mom continue to be verbally assaulted by this crazy man. But at the same time, I'm the guy in that statistic. It's like, it could it even go worse? How could this situation go worse? And I'm the guy on the wrong side of it. It's like, for fuck's sake, man, I hate all of this so fucking much. This is why I didn't come home for six straight years. I didn't come home last year is why I'm, I just, ugh, you know, fuck. So it's a pretty big relief that things seem to be better around here. I still don't know what's gonna happen someday when my parents pass away. I don't know who's gonna look after this dude. I might be able to for a little while, but I'm not just gonna dedicate my life to looking after my crazy brother, but at least for now, things are a little more calm. So the weirdness of Christmas, I mean, it's definitely just weird in general as an adult. It's way more fun as a kid because you get shit. 
as an adult, if anything, it's just a pain. I can get my own shit if I need it. And it's extra weird for me because I just have my one book bag. Which, quick little side note, so I've been living with just basically everything I own fits in one book bag. Been doing this for about four years. And I got a stark reminder <laughs> of like, of what a pain in the ass ownership of physical stuff is. Because my friend Brad gave me his old PlayStation before he left for Japan. And I was like, cool, man. All right, I'll take your PlayStation. So then I had to figure out what to do with this PlayStation while I was in Toronto. Then I had to drag it to the airport, pay for a second bag, get this thing home. Big pain in the ass. And it just basically immediately broke. <laughs> I didn't even get to use it. And you'd think having two bags would only be twice as hard as one bag. It's ten times as hard. It's insane how tough it is to have two bags versus one bag. And just for two immediately, just all this effort for nothing. It was kind of like God's little way of being like, you were doing fine with your minimalist life. What is this bullshit? Anyway, that's a tangent. Just, uh, you know, Christmas is weird as an adult. It's not coincidence, I think, that this is like the seasonal depression time and people commit suicide time and stuff. As an adult, it's just fucked up. It's just weird. The best case scenario is people just give you a bunch of shit you don't want that you can just get yourself. Worst case scenario is, yeah, it's just creepy and bizarre and just really puts a magnifying glass on your family and its weirdness. And everybody talks about it, like, ah, fighting with your family and the awkwardness of going home for Christmas. Everybody knows, but we're all just, I don't know. I don't know. This society, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's fucking, it's, it's fucked up. But anyway, one of the presents my brother gave to my mom was like a portrait of himself, which was just funny in the face of it. Because it's like something Johnny Cage from Mortal Kombat would do. Hey, here's a picture of me. Don't worry about it. Kind of an odd little moment just kind of went by in the course of the Christmassy shit. But so that night, Christmas night, after everybody went to bed, I was still downstairs because I just got to sleep on the couch downstairs. Turning off lights and whatever. Walking down the household. And this picture was there, so it's like, all right, well, I don't know. Let me put this picture on the mantle. And just like, here's the picture of me and my brother when we were little kids. Now here's a new picture of my brother. And it's just just weird on so many levels. Of It's this kind of nice gesture in his own way. It's like, I think this is his way of kind of trying to show some appreciation to my mom. Which is to say, hey, here's a picture of me. And it must have been tough for my brother to do that, to, you know, go to a place and get a picture taken and stuff. Because, like, this dude, he's in his own world. Like, he's doing better, but... I mean, I just remember one time I walked across the room when he didn't notice, and he thought I teleported, and he's dead serious. He just thinks maybe people teleport, you know? He just doesn't know what's real and what's not. So even just to go through a basic transaction like that, I'm sure it must have been tough. So that's kind of sad to think about. And he's got this weird expression on his face. It's like this tiny little curl of the lip on one side. 
and just these scary weird eyes you know of just like that's a crazy guy's eyes and they're just kind of empty and strange but also there's this kind of otherworldly sort of sharpness slightly to them at the same time just a bizarre expression but also just weird that that's the best he can do you know that's his picture face of like I'm just gonna smile for a Christmas photo is this fucking weird look on his face and I'm just standing there in this you know by myself in the bottom floor of this house while everyone else is upstairs asleep looking at this picture thinking about I mean next to a picture of me and my brother when we were kids you know it couldn't be more set up to make you feel weird and bad and it's like, I guess things are a little better, but man, things are still fucking weird. And it's just one of these really strange, just like a little storm cloud of feelings. So like, there's no quick way to describe what it is. Just this feeling kind of welling up. This weird, bad feeling storming away in my fucking chest, kind of getting bigger. And this is just something that, like, upset me for so long. So much that, like, I couldn't talk about it for years. And the only way I kind of got over it wasn't for anything to be solved, was just to stop caring, which was so hard to do and took so long. And it's just a weird, tough life lesson of, like, maybe you're not going to fix things. Maybe the only way to move on is to not care. Even if that makes you like the bad guy, even if that is not what a cool, good, noble person would do, maybe that's all you've got. That's all that's in your quiver. And the only way to stop destroying yourself of how bad you feel about this situation is to not fucking care anymore. And it's weird. I'm just standing there in this, like, sad pathos whatever the fuck feeling is building up in me and I guess when I was younger too that used to be something I valued more of like let's feel the feelings let's let them run wild let's try to be as honest as we can with how we feel about stuff and now that I'm older I don't feel like that it's like what did that actually help what did I actually get from that ultimately it's not that I didn't get anything but in the long term, if you really want to fucking be able to just pick yourself up and carry on in life, is it valuable to let your feelings just fucking trample you? Or is it valuable to not be that way and to not feel that way? So I got that part of me that is just feeling weird and feeling bad and feeling this storm brew up. And I mean, there's a limit to how much you can control your own feelings you know things are just what's gonna happen is gonna happen but there's that other side of me that's like just wants a different end goal I guess I think when I was younger it's like the feelings were the end goal let's endeavor to feel stuff and let the chips fall where they may whatever happens because of that is what happens but now I've got this other side of me that's like yeah but what did you get out of that what was the value in that? Is that how you want things to be? Or 
Do you want to not let this bowl you over? Do you want to let this not knock you out? Maybe that's what's valuable. Maybe that's the person you want to be. Maybe that's how you want this to go. And there's no clear answer either way, no clear resolution either way. Both things just exist at the same time. There's this part of me that's upset. There's this part of me that knows that doesn't matter and that that's not necessarily going to last. And that I can just put it aside and move on and not let it consume my thoughts and not worry about it so much because all that worrying didn't get me fucking anywhere. You know, it's like the stereotypical thing of like the old person that's shut down and cut off and the young person that wants to open everyone up to their feelings, fucking Pleasantville, you know? But being able to cordon off your feelings and being able to control yourself in that way is not just, it's not just some bad thing. It's not just that you're cut off. It's not just that you're emotionally unavailable. It can become that. But there's a strength to it also. It's also a skill and an ability that you might not have had when you were younger and you do when you're older. So I was standing there with the two sides, the two sides within me. And I think what's awesome about writing, about being a writer, is that was like the kind of final step to just that moment of standing there looking at these weird-ass pictures, feeling extremely strange and unpleasant. But then just to take that whole situation and kind of put it to the side, recontextualize it, because then I thought, like, the classic writer thing, I guess, of I can use this. I can get something out of this. It's not just this weird little internal conflict happening that may have some abstract effect on my life down the road, who knows, maybe won't at all. But this, you can mine these things, like this story I'm writing now about the war orphan who's stranded on a space station. The whole thing is based on how weird I felt traveling overseas by myself and this feeling of pressure and stress of being all by myself and not knowing anyone. And anytime I need a little guidepost for that story, how does this person feel? I just think back to that. And I can mine that feeling and use that feeling. And I thought this could be similar. So there's a part coming up in this book where my main character is going to get access to like the computer system basically on the space station. And instead of this cataclysm that happened to her home planet being this sort of giant abstract horror that happened, suddenly it's going to be way more clear, you know? It's going to be like direct information. Like, here it is. You're looking right at it. Here is the event happening. Here's the data we have about the event. And now you can stare right at it. And I realized I can use this weird moment with this picture of my brother. I can use that feeling in my story where this character can be a similar thing of like whatever the feelings about this situation in this moment they're suddenly much harder to deny they're gonna well up you gotta 
acknowledge them on some level because there's no way to avoid them because it's too big and too weird and too complicated. But this character in the story can have that same voice in her head that was in my head, that other voice that says, we don't have to just let these feelings define this situation and define how we're going to be. Maybe we don't want to be like that. And just that very desire, just planting that flag in the ground of like where we want to get to is not this. Where we want to get to is past this. Where we don't feel beaten down by these feelings. Where we don't feel overwhelmed by this situation. We don't want to feel it. We've felt it enough. To move forward, to move on, to really get somewhere useful, wallowing in these feelings is not how to get there. And we're not going to wallow. We're not going to let this happen. We're going to get past this. And I'm not saying this is necessarily the right way to be or the right way to proceed. You know, whatever, man. Your things are your things. Your life's your life. Your problems are your problems. Deal with them however you fucking want. But at this point in my life, I'm fucking tired of feeling bad about shit. I don't fucking care anymore. I prefer to not care. I get further and I live easier when I don't care. And maybe that's not what the stereotypical hero would do. That's fine. That is fucking fine. Because fuck that. That's, it's called a storybook for a reason. It's made up. I don't need this character in my book to be a baby-faced good guy. And in my life, I don't need to pretend that that's how I am either. And it was just like, just nice. That's when it's like I just... Put that moment aside. That's when it's like, all right, I'm not rooted to the spot anymore. I'm not trapped in this moment. Not only have I got some kind of an actionable plan, even if the plan is, fuck this, don't even think about this. Who gives a shit about this? But additionally, it's like I put it aside in this nice little side pocket of like, go write that down as a note for the story. Use that later. That's the value in this moment. If there's going to be value in this moment, Use it for the story. This could be a weird moment that has never been described fucking ever before. Or I could be overselling it. Maybe everyone will get it. Maybe they will know this feeling. They'll know this moment. Maybe they've gone through this in their life where they'll recognize that notion of like, yeah, I know what this guy is trying to say. I know what this book is trying to say. I've been down that road, and I know why you would want to be that way. I know why you would want to not just let your feelings be the guidepost of your life. And that's enough fucking uh, whatever. That was an okay ramble. I think that mostly made sense. More rambling would just be more rambling. So uh, this has been How to Write a Novel. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'll see you next time. Uh, for Song of the Day, let's just listen to Becky Lynch's fucking theme music. Even though, like I was saying, a fucking The Shades of Grey. I don't need a good guy character. I don't need a bad guy character. I don't even believe in that shit in a story. Nuance is what I like. But at the same time, and maybe because of that, I love wrestling because it doesn't have that. <laughs> you know, Wrestling is the place where that doesn't happen. 
If you're just a cocky prick, you're just a cocky prick. If you're a fucking exuberant good guy, you're an exuberant good guy. Until the day you become a bad guy and then you're a fucking bad guy. There are a little bit of shades of gray in wrestling, but not much. <laughs> it's simple, it's comforting. When I am not trying to decipher my own life and trying to decipher my own work, and when I'm not trying to present a complicated view of the human psyche, when I just want to chill, man, fucking wrestling. So here's Becky Lynch. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Becky Lynch has officially arrived. Now, Becky might not have won this matchup, but as you can tell right now, she's definitely won the hearts of the NXT universe, and we all know that.